0: today begins the third chapter of my life the first chapter of my life was about being in the world I mean here I am little old me and I'm in this gigantic world I felt pretty small and overwhelmed For the first 18 years of my life. Then began chapter two. Chapter two was about beating the world. And it was a direct reaction, a derivative of chapter one. Because I felt so overwhelmed by the world in chapter one, I decided I'm gonna dominate this thing. I'm gonna beat the world. I'm gonna beat the people in it. I'm gonna do better than them. And I will overwhelm the world with how great I am. And so I set about doing just that and I was pretty damn good at it. You know, by the time I finished my junior year, at Duke University. I had a record deal, a recording contract with J Records, a subsidiary of Sony. I remember thinking, I make more money than my teachers. I don't gotta listen to them. They're like losers. And then I began touring, playing concerts, you know, taking my shirt off at shows, people are chanting my name. I released my first single with J Records, it was called Cooler Than Me and it became a huge hit all over the world. Now, age 22, I'm a multi-millionaire. I'm living in LA I have a million-dollar house in the Hollywood Hills driving around in a white Porsche Cayman s I have more Jordans than I can count I have Jordans I don't even know I have but still something was missing I mean, there was no sense of fulfillment. It was all about me. And I was very tricky. I've talked about this in prior episodes. And after I amassed all the material things, I started to amass spiritual things. I learned to meditate. Started reading books, visited India, started reading books, (laughs) started reading spiritual books, if you will, the Bhagavad Gita, etc. And these are just new means of showing off. They were new sports cars, they were new million dollar houses, and they were ways for me to feel better than other people. I thought, if I get these things, I'm better than the world, I'm beating the world. But I can safely say that today, I have begun chapter three. And chapter three is me being in love with the world. A friend of mine describes this way of living. the following analogy. He says, you know the feeling of seeing your best friend. You know, a little contained excitement. It's just better to have them around than to not. That's the attitude I've taken towards life in general. Towards the world. And it's so easy to live at the level of individual. You know, whether we acknowledge it or not, all of us are, yes, individuals, but also part of families, which are also part of communities, which are also part of nations, which are also part of the world. And you, just by being, just by being, affect the world. And your decision to pretend like you don't affect the world, affects the world. And boy was I a master of that in chapter one and chapter two. My decision to live a life only for myself to be everyone else affects the world. But not in such a great way. Not in such an altruistic or compassionate way. So when one becomes cognizant, when one becomes aware that they are in a dance with the rest of humanity and in a dance with the world. Living a life for yourself just seems so small. And going back to chapter two seems so trivial so how did I go from chapter 2 to chapter 3 the answer is I took the landmark advanced course and I've talked in other episodes I used to make fun of landmark people I mean they would go to these courses for a weekend and they come out super overexcited and they want you to sign up <laughs> you know and it's like what's with these it seemed creepy it seemed too good to be true which says something about our society when anyone promises you something really truly valuable our first reaction is skepticism because we've been tricked so many times in our lives. But what if someone found something that actually works? And for me, a landmark form and now the advanced course, which is basically like the second level, and there's three levels. Uh, There's one more after that which I plan on taking. It worked! So, It would be selfish of me not to share this with you. And so even if you think, oh, Mike joined a cult, you know, or Mike, (laughs) Mike, it's too good to be true, you know, these things. Uh, I can't, in my right mind, not tell you about it. Because if I was putting my fear of looking or being rejected by you over what could be a possibility for you that's living at the level of individual. And certainly, there are many ways to the truth. Capital T, truth. But this one was pretty rad. So I took this course in Portland, Oregon, and it's three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off, and then Tuesday evening. And I was left with an overwhelming sense of being transformed. And how was this different from the first landmark course? Well, the first landmark course helped me really put the past in my past and essentially left me with a blank canvas. Where before I had, you know, muddy things from my past dictating how I was going to move forward. It helped me complete things. To where I was just sort of blank. I was just sort of nothing. And the advanced course helped me create out of that nothing. Not something for myself, but a mode of thinking where I actually care about my mom's life. I actually care about my sister's life and that she loves it. Not out of a sense of duty or a burden. Out of a sense of we're a family and if one of us has a life they don't love, then all of us have a life we don't love. And the same is true at the community level, the city level, the nation level, and ultimately, the world level. I mean, imagine a world where we actually cared about each other. Imagine walking down the street and each person that passed you by actually mattering to you this is within the realm of human possibility the people only don't matter to us now because we've decided they don't matter that's a decision that we have made so we can change that decision And every once in a while, there do come humans that change the collective agreement to something that we didn't think was possible. I mean, people like Nelson Mandela, people like Mahatma Gandhi, people like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Or even more recently, people like James Obergefell, who decided to sue the state of Ohio because it wouldn't recognize the marriage that he had entered into with another man in Maryland. And when they moved to Ohio, the state would not recognize them as married. He decided to sue. And ultimately this case went to the Supreme Court. And now, marriage is between an adult and an adult instead of between a man and a woman. One guy, one voice changed the collective agreement that we had about marriage. This stuff happens in the world. People do change the world. And what if James Obergefell had decided, you know, this, this is never gonna change. One voice doesn't matter. You know, we have all the court costs, etc. May take a year of my life, you know, cetera. We, you know, that would have never changed. This is one guy who decided, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sue the state. When we lost this ruling, we we're going to appeal. Oh, I had to pay this court cost. Okay, let me figure out how to get the money, etc. One step at a time, change the world. You really changed it. That's who you are. That's the power that you, right now, with no self-improvement, no college degree, no need to learn to meditate or improve yourself at all. That's the power that you wield right now. You have it, you got it. And any argument that you have against your own perfection right now is you pretending that you're not as powerful as these men or women. I mean, you got it right now. Take a second to really acknowledge that. That your drive to improve yourself is a veil to hide how magnificent you really are. Because if you were to acknowledge how magnificent and powerful you are right now, you'd actually have to do something. You'd actually have to own up. You'd actually have to change the world. So you, and when I say you, I mean me too. I mean, I was a master of this. I thought, you know, In a couple years, I'll be enlightened, and then I'll do what I really want to do. I'll be able to actually be a man and stand up for what I believe in and live a life that I love. And it was that mode of thinking that actually prevented me from having a life that I love. I mean it's very counterintuitive and very kinda of interesting when you get into it. But you're ready, baby. I mean, I really thought that I needed to explore my psyche a little bit deeper. I needed to fast a little longer. You know, I was someone who did six day water fast at once went nine days without taking food really explore down in there because by doing so it's gonna make me a more whole human you know I still have more holy books to read I haven't finished reading the Bible yet and when I do so I'll have the knowledge I need to recognize That I'm okay and I can actually take ownership of you know being who I want to be in the world and ultimately serving the world but right now I have to keep fixing me it was all bullshit it was a cop-out it was a veil it was a costume I was wearing so I wouldn't actually have to play big I wouldn't actually have to take any risk take any ownership, any responsibility for changing the world. So, question is, what are you going to do next, Mike? Well, I'll tell you what. I had two dreams in my mind that I know could happen. One is I would like to have a curriculum in our schools that teach our children how to live. You know, I went to a great public school in Michigan, one of the best in the state, and I learned a lot of facts, and I learned a lot of context, and I learned how to learn. But never did I take a class that taught me how to be human, that taught me what it means to be human, that taught me how to be happy, that taught me to have a life that left me feeling fulfilled and having a life that I actually loved. I mean, that's why I started this podcast, because I didn't know what the hell it meant to be in the world. And so I started searching elsewhere. And this is kind of me reporting back what I'm finding. But imagine if this type of teaching was standard, was the baseline in our schools. And every human had it. That's exciting. And I'm not saying you do away with the facts. You can have both. That's possible, we can do that. What else have I been dreaming? An International Peace Day. See, in World War I, the French and German forces, after fighting years in trench warfare, using gas on each other, rat-filled trenches, rotting corpses, I mean imagine the stench, this was a real living hell. In Christmas 1914, in the midst of this fighting, this horrific fighting, French, German and British soldiers crossed the trenches into no man's land, which was the area between each side's trenches. Soldiers crossed, began to mingle, talk. They exchanged food and souvenirs. And eventually, a game of soccer, football, started between These men who were at war. Now I believe we as humans could change the collective agreement that one day in the calendar year, this would be a day tied to no religious holiday, one day kills each other. A worldwide truce. I'm proposing this. I'm taking a stand for this. I'm creating the possibility of this. We can do that. We can change the collective agreement. One day we don't kill each other. No one kills each other. Ian, this big human family, which really isn't that big, agree no killings done on that day. And then if we can do it that day, well, we know. We can do it any day. So I invite you to consider, to ponder, that if failure were not real, if you had no fear of failure, and failure actually isn't real, right, you can't pick up a glob of failure and show it to me. It's a construct of the human mind. If fear of failure were not in the equation, if you could not fail, what would you do with your life? What would you create? I'm inviting you do that now.